Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. I will be your host today, Alex. Uh, Jemp is out today uh, celebrating his Lions win. Uh, but I do have here with me uh, Pep. Uh, Pep, uh, I heard you uh, met your idols uh, last weekend. How's that? It was great, man. Uh, they put on a great show. Uh, Lit Band Official, check him out on Spotify. New record, These Are The Days. Really great show. Got to meet him after. Great guys. And Alex met him too. But I, I did. And sadly, the fact that they are his idols is not a joke, even though we are pro football <laughs> jokes. Um, and also here with me, uh, is our unpaid intern, Reeb. What's going Reeb, how on? how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, my Saturday was not quite as uh, fun as yours and Pearson's. I was dealing with the death of Virginia Tech football after their loss to ODU. Oh, that's rough. Uh, the mediocre seasons for Virginia Tech had to end sometimes. So. Yeah. Uh, and making his first appearance on the Pro Football Jokes podcast uh, would be our pal screw what's up guys uh used to be the janitor pro football jokes but i've since gotten laid off so it's been a sad few few years for me we're still making the same amount of money drew (laughs) hey i will say one thing about drew can you play that spirit soundbite his spirit i find it hard to be matched (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks i appreciate that man so yeah, that's all. my Saturday wasn't nearly as cool as perhaps I did go to King's Dominion though. That was kind of cool. They had the Halloween thing. That was pretty fun. Oh, were you scared? Yeah, I was super scared. <laughs> my pants a few times. <laughs> okay, well, one thing that should make you scared um, is the rumors that are going around. Uh, Le'Veon Bell on the trading block. Uh, first of all, I want to get your opinion on this as a Steelers fan, Screw. Uh, do, would you be upset if the Steelers traded Le'Veon Bell? Um, I would sad because he's been quite an integral part of our offense for a while but I'm pretty happy with uh, James Conner's performance so far through the season like it's not nearly as what Le'Veon would do but for a backup running back it's it's more than enough I'd say but I would not like to see Le'Veon get traded but if he does I'd hope to get something pretty good yeah so that's the biggest question because here's the issue with Le'Veon Bell getting possibly getting traded um the team that trades for him can't sign him until the end of the season to a long-term deal. So the question is, if he gets traded, does he continue to hold out even if he's on a new team? Um, or does he kind of have a you know deal in place that he knows he's going to sign? But even if he does that, uh, if he gets hurt, obviously they're not going to sign him to that deal. So it's questionable how much the Steelers can actually get for him and what teams would be willing to give up for Le'Veon Bell when it's there's such a question mark on what they're actually trading for. Uh, Pep, do you have any thoughts on what kind of compensation you would expect if you're the Steelers or if you're another team? Well, it's got to be higher than a second-round pick. Maybe you swap a player. Yeah, so that's one thing that I – one possibility that I heard somebody throw out there is trading Earl Thomas for him. Um, because Earl Thomas is obviously doing his little hold-in thing um, where he's just skipping practice and showing up for the games and still making a ton of plays. But uh, I guess this probably makes you happy, Reeb, to hear hear the turmoil within that Steelers locker room. Oh, yeah, it's been nice the whole season, but they're still 1-1-1. And And like I said in the previous podcast, I think they'll get it They'll get it fixed. James Conner is performing pretty well. Um, he loses out to Le'Veon Bell in the pass game, though, and the haircut game. But I don't know. I mean, I'm confused about the situation. I don't really understand the details of. Well, what I literally just explained it. I know, but I'm still <laughs> I'm still confused. Um, well, that's not a surprise, but yeah. That's why I'm not going to say something screw. Yeah, um, I think Le'Veon is going to stay. I think he likes being a Steeler, regardless of how they've been like treating him as like paying wise. But I'm sure he really enjoys being a Steeler more than he would for like any other team. I'm pretty sure the Steelers are just like a really historical team. <laughs> you know what he likes more than the Steelers? He does like money. Money. <laughs> True. But like, I, I'd well, imagine he would still play for them this this 
season. I I would be surprised if they traded him or if he got traded. I think he's done. I think he's played his last game as a Steeler. Yeah, I was. That's interesting that you bring up the Earl Thomas trade because I was also trying to think where would Lev Bell fit best and who needs him the most? The Seahawks. Chris Carson had a good game, but that back feels a little unproven. I'm just trying to think right now where Lev Bell would fit and who needs him the most. That would be a beautiful test to like to all the people that say, "Oh, Lev Bell's just good because he's got a great offensive line." He would go into such a different situation over in Seattle. Didn't AB say something like that when someone like tweeted him? They're like, he wouldn't, AB wouldn't have anything without Ben Roethlisberger, and he yeah, he's, like, the former, the former Steelers PR guy tweeted and said that AB owes everything to Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger made AB who he is today, and AB said, "Trade me and let's find out." Yeah, and Antonio Brown obviously recounted that saying, you know, obviously he doesn't want to be traded. He was just snapping back at that guy. And obviously, uh, does anybody think that Ben Roethlisberger made Antonio Brown? <laughs> no. Well, I don't think so. Uh, his breakout year was kind of 2012. Correct me if I'm wrong. I he, believe he, that's he right. Plays for six years now. Uh, sure, good quarterback play helps, but... The, the intangibles are there for sure. Yeah, I think there's no question that he's he'd be one of the best receivers. Maybe maybe not the best receiver as he is now. Like he's kind of unanimously the best receiver right now. Maybe he would just be kind of one of the top five. I don't know, but that's about as far as I'd say he'd move down with a worse situation. Um. Anyway, also in the news recently, uh, some quarterback announcements uh thursday night football was pretty interesting uh baker mayfield thrown in as the starting quarterback of the browns i thought hugh jackson might screw this one up but he actually you know made the decision that any coach would but he's not any coach so i'm still proud of him (laughs) i i know re uh you reeb and you pep both we're sticking by Tyrod Taylor. So um, would either one of you like to weigh in on this decision? I'll let you go first. Uh, I suppose I would. Alex, you're right. His, his performance. Oh, wait, sorry. What, what was that? <laughs> I, I said, Alex, you're right. Tyrod's, Tyrod's okay, performances have uh, been lackluster numbers-wise. Um, and his late game heroics have been what really stood out. It seemed like he was really part of the movement to make Cleveland not Cleveland. So it, it's going to be sad to see him not starting. But uh, Baker Mayfield, he he played hard Thursday night, and I really I don't want to speculate on how anything can go. You saw how Week One went with the Jets and Sam Darnold. Everybody say he's the next best thing. Who knows? I'm just going to watch. Yeah, I I so badly wanted the Browns to get their first win with Tyrod. I just think that would have been cool, and I'm a little biased being a Hokie. But it was clear from that first drive right at the end of the first half that this was – or this is Baker's team. He moved the ball way better than Tyrod, and the offense just got way more multidimensional – and they actually looked like a good football team. <laughs> well, uh, good news for you, Reeb, is that uh, in the record books, Tyrod technically started that game, so he technically did end the Browns' streak of Uh-oh. losing streak. Or right. winless streak, sorry. It was all him. All yep. 19 yards that he got or whatever it was. <laughs> yep, that was solid. <laughs> I will say this, Bills fans got to have a little bit of, hopefully have a little bit of anger at it, you know, because Gerard brought him, you know, to the playoffs for the first time in quite some time. So I guess I'm still riding that high of the Bills making the playoffs. I don't actually know what Bills fans think of Tyrod because there was a large section of them last year that wanted him to get benched. That was before the Peterman debacle, but... I just I don't know if they really 
look back with fondness on Tyrod because it's not like he was really that great in Buffalo either. Yeah, I think there was always a lot of defense of Tyrod, but I thought maybe it almost went a little too far sometimes where people were like, why are you considering moving on for this guy? He's a bit great. I mean, like he's like at that kind of Ryan Tannehill type level, which I know yeah. Ryan Tannehill has been playing all right, but I don't think if it, the Bills, if the Dolphins bench Ryan Tannehill, I mean, if they did it in the middle of his hot streak right now, it'd be, it'd be kind of weird, but I think mo- during most points of his career, nobody would really complain about it uh, to the point that people were about Tyrod. And maybe he'll go to the 49ers. That's possible. I, I would I would be interested to see what Kyle Shanahan could do with Tyrod. Also in the news, another rookie quarterback getting the start, Josh Rosen. Um, in the he ended up going in the game last week. If uh, none of you were watching. <laughs> So um, that, that was so dumb. Like, so, why? So why throw you, him in? There you go, Alex. For, for those of you who haven't, uh, who didn't see, uh, the situation was Sam Bradford came in, uh, led the Cardinals to, had a great first quarter. It was four of five, 97 yards, two touchdowns in the first quarter, led the Cardinals to a 14 to nothing lead. Um, then after that point, he did everything he could to get the Bears back in the game. Um, he was after that after the first quarter, he was nine of fourteen for sixty-eight yards, two interceptions, two fumbles. One 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 of the fumbles was lost. Um, so three turnovers, and the Bears took a sixteen to fourteen lead with about four minutes to go uh, in the fourth quarter. And then Steve Wilkes like, you know, the Sam Bradford guy, he's not that good. So I think I'm going to throw in Josh Rosen here. You go win the game against Khalil Mack and that Bears defense. Um, you talk about wanting to, like, put your rookie quarterback in situations that are going to help him learn and kind of ease him into it. And then you have Steve Wilkes who just throws you into a four-minute drill against the Bears defense and Khalil Mack and tells you to go win the game. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense that if you're going to start, if you weren't going to start him at the beginning of the season, you're obviously saving him until the time is right. So is this really the situation where you felt the time was right? I mean, I don't know if this is trying to save their season. I, I think their season is lost at this point, even bringing in Josh Rosen. Maybe they realized that and just said, eh, get him experience. I don't know why you wouldn't just wait, just lose, like stick with Bradford for the rest of that game and then announce Rosen as the starter for week four. I think, uh, I think we've been talking about this, you know, the Cardinals are just a really thin team all around, but the way their offense is being handled right now, I mean, they're using David Johnson wrong in my opinion nobody is it's just it's hard to watch it's hard to watch that offense itself can't get anything going yeah you got to feel bad for the people that took david johnson in the first round yeah that'd be rough uh he got a touchdown last week at least uh still didn't have very many yards and uh on the crucial third down at the end of the game they ran with chase Edmonds, uh which was a little bit of a strange call and he lost I saw yards. I saw that apparently the reasoning for that was because David Johnson missed a blitz pickup and then either the offensive coordinator or the running backs coach called him over to the sidelines to talk about that during the third down. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time to you know, I discuss. Know I waited. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's they, a reason this team is 0-3. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe their coaches have to learn a few things. I think we should start calling him Riverboat Steve Wilkes. I mean, <laughs> making some gutsy calls out there. Hey, just wants to make sure his players know what's up. Make sure they are playing hard every day. Compete oh, they every played... day, man. Ah! They um, played pretty hard in the first quarter. They did. Uh, I thought it was going to be the second upset of the day. 
uh, because the first big upset of the day happened in that Vikings-Bills game, something I don't think anybody <laughs> saw coming. Uh, the Bills just absolutely routed the Minnesota Vikings, who we thought were going to be a juggernaut in this NFC. Um, and my biggest takeaway from this game is that Jerry Hughes did not miss the team bus. Uh, he did he, not. Yeah, he, he did not. He showed up. He he was he posted. He had a strip sack, but more importantly, uh, next gen stats. According to next gen stats, he had fifteen pressures, which is the most that they've ever recorded since they started recording pressures. Um, and the Bills' defense was just absolutely stifling in this one. I it yeah. Had he Ubered to that game, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> Uh, it's just a shock. I don't think anybody knows what to say about this game. Uh, somehow, after all all the criticism of the Bills, they straight up outplayed what many thought is one of the best teams in the NFL. A lot of people still do, and you still have good reason to. There have been a lot of weird upsets throughout these first three weeks, and it's become a problem in our pick'em. It's become a problem for everyone's predictions. <laughs> yeah, are we all still at losing records? No, we. everybody is at least 500 except right. for Screw. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I went to 500? I, um, I thought I had a positive record. Darn it. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're, no, you're positive. I said everybody's at least 500, I'm saying. Oh. Sorry, uh, I, I'm 500. You're like 28 and 20, so you're doing you're doing pretty well. Even so, uh, we can uh, see see the potential of Josh Allen in this uh, in this game. Uh, he yeah. he definitely showed some skills. Although watching this game, I wasn't overly impressed by the Bills. Uh, they did a lot of short passing. Um, they had a few. There were there one. The one touchdown he threw uh, was kind of a busted coverage. Uh, they ran a tight end kind of up and uh, out and up uh, against cover three, and it stopped. Uh, and Nick Kroom, I think his name was. I'm not 100 percent positive, um, but he somehow got a got a t- got open, got that touchdown. I don't know what happened to your your boy Logan Thomas, Reed. I I mean I he's probably what like the third string tight end. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's not great, but he got his touchdown pass last year from Tyrod and that was a really cool moment and that's yeah. pretty much his his NFL career. That'll that'll be it. Probably the best uh probably the best moment for Dean Tech football will have in a while. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Bills defense put Josh Allen in a lot of good positions throughout that game. And I will say the most impressive thing was that third down play where he scrambled and jumped over. Who was it? Was it Anthony Barr? It was, yeah, Barr. It was An- Anthony it was Barr. Leaps over Anthony Barr to get the first down. Yeah. That was beautiful. I, yeah, I thought that was interesting. There were a lot of comparisons um, between him and Cam Newton uh, as he was going through the draft process. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, th- there was always the caveat, like he's kind of like Cam Newton, but he's because he's got that size and he can run, but he's not quite I as guess. athletic. But um, I, th- I mean, he looked as athletic in that game. I, I mean, I'm sure the Bills coach was freaking out during that play. <laughs> That's probably not what you want in your first round rookie quarterback. Yeah, they they to were doing. making jokes during the broadcast. He was like, yeah, Anthony Barr wants no part of Josh Allen in the open field. <laughs> <laughs> Subway is definitely dropping Anthony Barr after that. I will, I will add this, and maybe it's a hot take, guys. But is Josh Allen the best Bills rookie QB since Todd Collins? Hmm. Uh, <laughs> you are pulling out a name that I do not know, Pearson. So you know, Todd Collins, he led the Redskins to the playoffs that uh that one 2007, year. Man, yeah, I, I do not know him. <laughs> I don't Come think I know any Redskins quarterbacks before, like Brunel. He was drafted by the Bills, I believe, in the second round in the 90s. Come on, you remember that, don't you, Screw? Mark Brunel? No, or, Todd Collins. See, when when Jason Campbell got hurt. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I yeah. do remember that. Oh my god, I haven't heard of Todd. I haven't heard his name in so long. That is that is incredible. Yeah, he see even even screw knows him. Reed. That's why you're not paid into. Yeah, and, and that's our <laughs> podcast. We're bringing up. He played for the Redskins. Come on, Reed. He backed up Jason Campbell. Just like Alex. I, I kind of remember Jason Campbell, but we well, kind of remember Jason Campbell. He was like a starter like for like co- three years, like three full years. Yeah. There's like always a controversy every time Jason Campbell got hurt and Todd Collins would play. People like, should Jason Campbell play or should he play? Yeah, that's. I remember those days. Yeah, good thing there have been no Redskins quarterback controversy since then. <laughs> good yeah. thing we're, we're 11 years past that incident and we're talking about it on our podcast. That's pro football jokes. Um, the important stuff. All right, well, let's talk about something you know a little bit more about, Reed. Uh, I'd like to – you talked a little bit on one of our previous podcasts about your problem with the refs. Well, um, this week uh, and last week, really, there have been a lot of roughing the passer calls. Uh, Clay Matthews has been kind of a poster boy for that. I got called twice on – calls that may have been a little bit questionable. I mean, clearly he had it out for Alex Smith. That was, that was very dirty. Um, but <laughs> some people would prefer those didn't get called. Um, so I would like to know your opinion on this. Uh, and I'd like to present this segment uh, as a possible name. Uh, we'll call it Reffing the Refs. With <sighs> yeah, I mean... I know you guys like to make fun of me because I complain about the refs a lot, probably more than the average fan. But it's really not just me at this point. I mean, it seems like everybody out there agrees that this is a dumb rule. And it's so tiring hearing announcers and other people say, well, well, the refs, they're calling it right. That's the rule. It's it's a dumb rule. They should take a look at it because it's universally disliked by players by even quarterbacks even quarterbacks ryan Tannehill came out or was it ryan Tannehill? no i think it was aaron Rodgers. no who's the the who are the dolphins playing last week Derek carr Derek carr Derek carr came out and said he wishes william hayes had just landed on him instead of his knee because yeah, he tore his acl trying to let up and not land on the quarterback well, that's his problem, Reap. He's not a quarterback. I mean, it was, it was like what I said before. They're putting the defensive players at risk of injury. It's like, all right, it's blatantly obvious that the league cares more about quarterback health than defensive player health. And even the ref came out and said, like, oh, Clay Matthews got flagged because, I mean, the whole BS about putting your whole body weight onto the quarterback. He said, you got to go at him and arm tackle him. It's like, all right, maybe that would work for Alex Smith, but try to arm tackle Cam Newton or Josh Allen. Like, they're just going to spin out of it. And the whole point of trying to bring the quarterback down to the ground is so that they don't get the ball out while you have them wrapped up. People always say, oh, you can just wrap up the quarterback and wait until the ref blows the whistle. But it's just giving the quarterback more chance to get out of it. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. Screw you got an opinion on this? I mean, I guess not all quarterbacks hate it so much. I know a certain Steelers quarterback seems to really like to bend the rules when it comes to that rule. I mean, he even Ben Roethlisberger went back on it. And like he said, he got hit in the head, which is also kind of a dumb rule. He got hit in the head. And then after the game, he was like, oh, yeah, that was that was a good call. My head was ringing. And then today he came out and said, yeah, I kind of sold it a little bit. It's like, all right, this is, you admit it. Yeah. Steelers and cheating, that's not something no, no, that usually no. goes hand in hand. Hey, right, just right? I mean, it really came to a head on that Monday night football game. I, how many roughing the passer calls were there? Do we I have think, a number? I think it was just four. It felt uh, way more it, than four. It might have been five. I can't remember now. Um, but, yeah, it did, it did feel like quite a lot. Uh, now, I think it was four, and then they had that last one where they – through the flag, yeah. and we're like, yeah, there's no penalty for roughing a passer. Was it Vince Williams got like pushed into 
uh, Fitzpatrick's like knees and they were about to throw the flag and then the ref just put it back in his pocket. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we can't call another one. Uh, we're really gonna, <laughs> we're really gonna hear it if we call this one. We're gonna get a lot of blowback, blowback from this one. I just, I'm very curious to see if the NFL will actually, you know, listen to people and say, oh, you know what, maybe this rule isn't liked. We'll change it back. I'm, I'm curious. Did they have a meeting? I, I like this week. I don't know. I heard thoughts. I saw something like they're not changing. They're not going to change the rule, but they're going to make the refs call it differently. Which, I mean, what does that even mean? It means they're changing I, the rule, but not changing the rule. But like the even if they change it back, like you can't give the Packers that game against the Vikings, and that was what made the difference. They won it. They got the interception, and they could have run out the clock. Uh, well, technically, but, they couldn't have run out the clock. Um, no, or no, they no, they could have. No, they couldn't have. They, they were still they still had timeouts. No. But but it's puts them at a much more likely yeah. chance to win. So, like, if you change it back, then you just had you've had three weeks of like fake rules. Like, it's not. It's just they decided to call it differently for a couple weeks, which had an impact on games. I don't know. I'm in the opinion that the one play doesn't decide the game. There, there were. It other literally teams. did in the Packers versus Vikings game. I, but the the Vikings had another play earlier in the game that was the same thing. Eric Kendricks landed on Aaron Rodgers and. They called it there. I mean, just I mean, yeah, they, you can always you can always say there are past plays and like, oh, we should have played better so that it didn't come down to that. But in the end, the way everything fell, it did come down to that, and that is what made the final decision. Uh, I don't know, Pearson. Do you have an opinion on this? Well, it might have it might have impacted the Packers Vikings game. Definitely didn't impact the Redskins game because it happened on a second and seven. Well, it's yeah, the Redskins still would have won. So. <laughs> I also can they can they make this change mid season or is it gonna have to be like the catch rule and they fix it after the season? Yeah, so that's why I they're saying they can't, no idea. They can't like they're not gonna change the rule because they can't literally change the rule mid season. But they're just like telling the refs, yeah, don't don't call these. So they're basically changing the rule without officially changing it. I would. Think. It's just. I would hope actually. I, We'll see. It's just, it's just funny how all off season you heard articles and people saying, ah, oh, the, the targeting rule, the helmet to helmet rule is going to ruin football. And nobody saw this body weight rule, like sneak up on all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I mean, nobody's really complained about the targeting rule. Yeah. Yeah. I, there, there's a player out for the season because he tried to abide by the rules. And, yeah. Yeah. It is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's very strange. Like, the helmet rule hasn't really been called all that much. But the, the body weight rule just, it's not, the, the weird part is it's not really a dangerous play to land on the quarterback. Like, that's not, yeah. kind of. I think it's like a collarbone thing, like Aaron Rodgers last yeah, that's year. Yeah, I mean, they, all, they freaked forever. out. Yeah. Because they were just losing all the players to injury last year, and the league overreacted. Well, it's crazy because yeah. Rogers got hurt this year, anyways, on the first game. Like there was a lot of blowback when they changed the rules for like defenseless receivers and stuff, and people didn't like that, and people kind of got over it. But I feel like this is not something that people are going to get over because it's so annoying to watch like a quarterback get hit regularly and then they get a first down. I mean, it's just taking away a completely normal play, like a completely textbook sack or textbook pressure, and now it's a 15-yard penalty automatic first down. Yeah, it's probably not the greatest situation for the league, but who knows? Maybe maybe it'll all work itself out. Uh, it usually does. And Reap can find something new to complain about. Oh, you believe me, I will. I can <laughs> find anything to complain about. Can you complain about anything during that uh, tech ODU game? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, well, I can complain that our starting quarterback broke his leg and is out for the season, or that our best defensive player got into an argument with our strength coach after the game and got kicked off the team because of it, because he... Reeb, what do you think about uh, the uh, Steelers' safety that used to play for Tech? Terrell, the pick six. Terrell Ed, he got He didn't get a pick six. He got he a got pick. A pick. Yeah, no, he got a pick. No. He got a pick. Got Bud Dupree got a pick. Six. Bud Dupree. Oh, okay. No, Damn. I mean, Terrell Edmonds is good. I didn't think he was a first-round pick. 
I thought it was kind of funny that the Steelers reached for him. But, I mean, as bad as their defense has been for the first couple weeks, he's still making, like, flashy plays. He made it. He had a couple – did he have one or two picks in the preseason? And then he got the pick in the Bucks game when Fitzpatrick was overthrowing, like, everybody. That was hilarious. I I didn't think Fitzpatrick played – too bad in that game. He, the the last pick to Bud Dupree was pretty bad, but then he turned it around the second half. He, at least he's, yeah, he's making an explosive offense. Oh. The Steelers had some pressure during that those four series yeah. in a row where they kept turned it over. So I think that's pretty much what it was. I don't think he was really doing that bad. I was yeah. so mad because I only watched the first half and I was like, oh yeah, the Steelers got this. And then the next morning I woke up and decided to check Bleacher Report and like the top article was some like some article praising Fitzpatrick. And I was like, oh my gosh, did they come back and win? And then I checked the score and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you haven't watched enough Steelers football to know that no game is safe. We just tend to play down to everyone yeah. all the time. How do you feel about Boswell though, Drew? He's not. Oh my gosh. Bosgod. <laughs> he was Bosgod last year. I don't know what happened to him this year. He's just missing everything he's now. got the yips. Apparently after he missed that one against the Browns, he spent like a day just kicking the same field goal at practice over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happens to kickers. Ask Blair Walsh. Sharif, uh, I got a question for you for some more uh, ref rules. What do you think about tying in the NFL? I, It's been around since the league started, right? Yeah. It's funny how just in American sports, tying is such like a taboo. It's like, oh my gosh, we can't tie. There's no winners. How can there be no outcome? But then when you look at a league like for soccer – ties are pretty normal i don't really care i mean how did you did you feel happy or sad when the steelers tied i it felt like a loss regardless i would have almost rather have just actually lost to the browns feels weird you don't know how to feel that's why it's weird yeah (laughs) that's why people don't like it i guess we didn't win but we didn't lose but we shouldn't have been in that situation (laughs) with the browns so i don't know it's like that last field Oh, you go ahead out. It's just like that last field goal for the Browns. Like, are you rooting for them to miss it or what? Like, uh, if they miss it, then you just die. Like, it just yeah, adds I mean, this I was new with element. You, Alex, when it, happened. it adds this new element of emotion. That, like, when the Redskins tied the Bengals, I didn't know what that was hilarious. Both teams, both fan bases with a bitter taste in their mouths. And I was just I laughing. Yeah. You go, Pearson. For that, I don't really hate it. Yeah, in that situation, I was just kind of laughing because I was like, oh, my gosh, we both suck. <laughs> I, I, the thing I just hate, I don't like the I, – I wish it was just first team to score a touchdown wins because the, the field goals are what screw it up and the missed field goals because, like, if nobody could try a field goal, then teams – both ties, it's like teams just, like, once they get in field goal range to just stop trying, they're just like, all right, we'll just set it up for our kicker, and then their kicker misses, and that's what causes the tie. They they need to make it so there are just no field goals in overtime. I think how exciting that would be. Like, you get in the red zone, everybody's going for them on fourth down because there's no point and you can't kick it. Why can't they just make it like college rules, but instead of starting at like the 25, start at like the 35 or the 40? They could do Actually, that. for college rules. I mean, yeah, college rules – it's kind of it's, it's so more exciting. yeah it's more exciting it's like sudden death yeah i'd be fine with that yeah, but i so like my idea better but <laughs> one, day, <laughs> one day i'll be on the head of the competition committee okay once pro football jokes takes over <laughs> what a glorious day it'll be yeah all right speaking of things that uh we thought never would happen uh the patriots lost again uh yesterday the first time tom brady has ever been one and two i believe um reeb you predicted the week before last week uh that the patriots dynasty was over uh i thought it was pretty ridiculous then and i still do but after one week totally vindicated after one week it's looking uh, like a pretty good prediction how are you feeling about it hey man it's a loss to the lions it counts as like four losses sorry jack you're not here so i can bash the lions (laughs) <laughs> um, I mean that it, uh, these next couple weeks are going to be very telling because he's going to get Edelman back. He's going to you know start to work Gordon into the offense. 
So if they make noticeable improvements, then you know this whole narrative goes away, and it's oh, it's the same old Patriots. They're gonna be like thirteen and three, twelve and four, and be first, second seed in the AFC. But if Gordon doesn't fit into the lineup, or if Edelman has some rust coming back, I don't know. They could dig themselves a hole that might be too much to get out of this year. And who knows how many years Brady will actually like be able to perform. So I think it's obvious that they're running out of time. It's just how much time can they keep this going? Pep, you and they got a very, sorry, I was about to say, they just got a very big showdown this week with the undefeated Dolphins. Um, yep, will, will be oh, a tough yeah. one. Uh, uh, Pep, did you uh, have some thoughts? I did have some thoughts. I feel like there are two types of people in this world. There are the Reebs who are like, it's over. And then there are the, we're on to Cincinnati's. And I think a lot of people in denial are we're on to Miami <laughs> against the class of the AFC East in Alex's words. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> uh, screw. Um, I don't remember what year, but I remember a few years ago, the Patriots also had like a really slow start to the season. And a lot of the headlines were like, are the Patriots done? I, it'll, I won't think yeah. it'll take a while before I really think that, Patriots are not going to be a super playoff contender this year. Like if they're like still negative by like week eight, I'd be extremely surprised. Yes, I I believe you were just referring to 2014 when they came out that blowout loss to the Chiefs, and everybody they asked Bill Belichick if he was considering making a quarterback change, and then the Patriots came out and absolutely stopped the next team they played. Who? What was that team? Reed? Uh, I think it was the Bungles. Yep, round to Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Um, and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So yes, uh, I think there is obviously a possibility of the Patriots rebounding. Brady hasn't. Brady hasn't played great, but he hasn't. He, I haven't seen like where I think like he's fallen off at all. Um, they do have problems. Uh, Getting Gordon and Edelman will definitely make their offense more dangerous. But the the problem, the defense doesn't seem to be quite as fixed as I thought it might have been. Like I didn't expect them to be a great defense, but the Lions really, the Lions won that game with their offense really. But they controlled the ball and just didn't let with the running game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean they they <laughs> finally had that one hundred yard rusher, and Jem's uh, not here to celebrate it. But I know, yeah. It's, Carry on was carrying on. Carry on Johnson. <laughs> carry on was carrying on. And for Jemp, I will say this. That was a special moment hearing all those fans cheer in that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Who was their last uh, rusher? His name Red, is slipping my Red mind. Bush. Wow. And he's doing great on NFL Network, I will say. Yeah, he's doing on a, on a bunch of different shows. Like, yeah, he's uh did he ever come back? Did he ever play a game after he like slipped on the sideline and did something to his knee? Or was that his last game? That was his last game, and he won a load of money in the settlement with them. <laughs> I was wondering, because I know he sued them. I didn't know if he won he, anything. He did. He, I can't remember how much <laughs> he won. amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Uh, Good job, Reggie Bush. Yeah, probably like, yeah, I could probably keep playing, but like, it's probably better for this lawsuit if I just don't. Um, good for him yeah uh, well as we talk about if Tom Brady uh, is still the elite quarterback the franchise quarterback for the New England Patriots uh, let's move to another quarterback who has some questions about him Uh, Dak Prescott he after his rookie season everybody was all about Dak Prescott they said, you know, he is the next star in this league. He's like Russell Wilson. Uh, but now uh, maybe there are a few more questions. Um, do you guys think Dak is a franchise quarterback? Yes. Really? No, no. <laughs> no. <So. laughs> 
Um, I just want to read some stats real quick, so I pulled something up. So here are the numbers of the last 13 games between Dak Prescott and Brock Osweiler. The last 13 games, Dak Prescott has 2,396 yards. Brock Osweiler has 2,326 yards. Dak has 10 touchdowns. Brock has 11. Dak has 11 interceptions. Brock Osweiler had 12. I don't think those are... If you're getting compared to Brock Osweiler, you've been doing very well and deserve to be called a franchise Yes, that... Uh, but I, I will just say one thing, uh, Dak, uh, one set that I found that was even sadder, in my opinion, Dak has thrown two touchdowns this year, just two in three games. That's not the sad part. The sad, Look at their receiving the, core. The sad part is that the two, both of the two touchdowns are to Tavon Austin. Okay. <laughs> Breakout star. <laughs> The speedster. That I glad think, I have him on our dynasty team. Yep, or my dynasty pick. team. Great <laughs> pick. I knew you saw it coming all the way. I know uh, he is chilling on my bench, and I am never going to play him. As they're about to release a football life, Tony Romo. I think you have to stick with Dak Prescott. And there are a lot of issues with that football team. But also, since the Cowboys are "quote unquote" America's team, there's going to be a lot of criticism about them. And I think they might figure it out down the stretch here. And I will keep preaching. You know, it's week three; it's early. We want to speculate. But as Reeb said, the receiving core it there are a lot of question marks. Um, the offensive line hasn't been the storyline of the Cowboys. It's been more so on that defense and. Yeah, that, how how will they perform going um, forward? Yeah, uh, I have a quick question for Pep. Um, who is that a football life about? Tony Romo. Uh, I will like to remind you, Drew, we're on a podcast here. <laughs> it is 2018, <laughs> and I will not make a joke publicly. Well, I want to ask you guys one quick what-if question. What if in that in Dak's rookie season, once – Tony Homo got healthy. Uh, if they went back, <laughs> uh, whoa! We'll, we'll fix that. We'll change the sound in post. What if they? What if they went back to Tony? I don't think you can make that decision. Like as the Dallas no, no, Cowboys, I, like, I understand. Coaches, I'm saying what? Do you think the future of the Cowboys would have been different? Do you think? Do you, do you think it would have changed how they did that year and for the years? In the future, would Tony Romo still be their quarterback uh, if that was the case? Absolutely. Would you be missing out on some great commentary, though? That's true. I that was his that was his true calling. That's true, and a great decision I by the Cowboys. Dak's um <laughs> his rookie stats passing wise really match up to RG 3s weren't they? Like twenty touchdowns, five interceptions, both. Yeah, his he yeah he was very efficient his passer rating was great but I, I he didn't make the explosive plays that i thought rd3 made in, in my opinion well, no. i might be he seemed more like a bruiser than rg3 I and mean, that's I what mean, he was at mississippi state he was more like a tebow role yeah i mean he, yeah. he's not, certainly not as fast as rd3 but he's he's a big body quarterback maybe they'll figure it out maybe they won't maybe they'll be bad who knows <laughs> i think it's just kind of a mixture of Dak hasn't really developed as much as I think people thought he would. I think a lot of that hype coming out of that first year was, oh my gosh, he's so good, and he's only a rookie. He's going to get so much better. And then he didn't. He's kind of stayed the same, and the team in general has just, at least the offense, has just kind of slowly gotten worse over these past couple of years. Yeah, that's kind of a faulty assumption people like to make when it's just like oh they're young they'll just we'll just send untapped potential yeah. camp a bunch and they'll, they'll automatically <laughs> if, get better if only it was that easy uh everybody becomes a star in madden <laughs> yep all right well i think that's uh all the news we're going to cover but i think uh uh screw you had a little game you wanted to play with us so i'll let you uh take the lead on this one all right, so we got a game called the Chopping Block with Screw. I pretty much pulled up some some fun trivia questions that we could run through real quick. We'll just go Pep, Reeve, Alex, and see who can get the most right. There's only nine questions, so we'll see how everyone does. So I'll start with Pep. So Pep, I'll ask you this. What is the second longest winning streak of all time? One, 
the 2010 Green Bay Packers, or the 1972 Miami Dolphins? Wow. I'm going to look dumb if I get this wrong. I'm going to go Dolphins. It is not. It was the 2010 Green Bay Packers had 19 wins. The Packers had I 19. I am oh, formally resigning yeah. from pro football. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll go to, we'll go to Reeb for the right. second one. Reeb, who has the most fumbles of all time? Warren Moon or Brett Favre? Or no, what's his name? Matt Jones. <laughs> it's <laughs> a trick question. <laughs> joke. What were the options? Because I automatically just thought Matt Jones. <laughs> That's a great joke, Reeb. Um, Warren Moon or Brett Favre? Uh, gosh, I'm going to go Brett Favre, gunslinger. Yes! Brett Favre does. Brett Favre had 166 uh, fumbles, and Warren Moon had 161. All right, Alex, who is the 2001 NFL MVP? Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah, I, I, I already know. It's Kurt Warner. <laughs> that was so easy. You don't have to give me the options. <laughs> I, can get, I can give you the MVP for like any year. Who was the MVP for 2000? Marshall Falk. And was. Kurt Warner was 99 as well. Oh, there we go. Oh, <laughs> all right, I'll go back to Reeb. Who has the most postseason wins of all time? Packers? Cowboys, Steelers, or Patriots? It's got to be Steelers, right? Three teams are tied for 34. One team uh, has 35. Steelers have the most. It's not. It's Pat. What? All right. I'll, I'll, give, it to, I'll give it to Reed then. I might have messed it up. But all right. You yeah. got the Steelers? It was the Steelers. <laughs> That's why you gave it to Reed. Yeah, I was about to say. I feel like you had to give that one to me just to like no, no. I, I meant to say stab Pat. me a little bit with I that. No, that's not what I was going for. I was never <laughs> something like that. <laughs> to be fair, I really didn't know how I was doing this segment before I did it, so who knows. All right. All right, this is a fun one for Pep. Pep, who had more rushing yards as of the beginning of the 2018 season? Cam Newton or Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino combined? And it is really close. It is 18 yards difference. Can you re- tell me that one one more time? All right. Who had more rushing yards as of the beginning of the 2018 season? Cam Newton or Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, and Dan Marino combined? Is this like tallying the entire, like all of their career rushing yards versus Cam Newton at the start of 2018? As of his career as of 2018. Okay. It's a loaded question. I'm just gonna go with Matt Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take the L on this one. Uh, I'm not gonna guess. guess. You're not gonna put up just a fifty. You have a fifty-fifty shot. Just guess. Peyton Manning. <laughs> no, you're. Not. It's not. I'm Peyton. hearing the question Either wrong. Cam Newton. Or... <laughs> I'm hearing the question wrong, guys. All right. It's just Who? either Cam Newton or all of the other ones gotcha. combined. Sorry to all our fans out there. I'm telling you, I'm resigning after the show. I suck. <laughs> all right. We'll give it, we'll, we'll give it to Reeve then. Reeve. Yeah, it's got to be Cam. You know, he's Cam Newton. It's Cam Newton. He had, he had 4,320 yards, and the others had 4,320 yards. I, I bet so. Since the start? Wait, what? I bet. As of. As of. The start? Okay, okay. That's the. Okay, so the start of 2018 is the end. I thought you meant, like, starting. Yes. At no, no, no. 2018. I meant I as of the game of the season. Sorry. I, I uh, bet uh, I bet uh, Drew Brees now has uh, has put the other guys on true. top, though, after that big spin yeah. movie had. Ooh, it's true. That was a nice move. <laughs> totally more Robbie, than Sam Newton yeah. has this year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's go to Alex. Alex. Who had more chop block penalties in 2016, the Steelers or the Cowboys? Uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers. It is not. The Cowboys had two. The uh. Steelers had one. Suck. Garbage. All right. Pep, are you going to yes. do another question? Yeah, or yeah you... I got to redeem myself. All right. You're back into it. Okay. You haven't resigned as of yet? Okay. Who is older, Randy Moss or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Tom Brady is younger than Randy Moss by seven months. Oh, I do not know. And that. three. 
like <laughs> Oakland Raiders, baby. How about me, man? Act like I know something about football. Come on a podcast. <laughs> talk about these people. Get all my questions wrong. I'm resigning, man. <laughs> you got right, the Cam Newton should... one, right? Alright, let's go to Reeb with this one. This one's not this one's not too hard. Alright. Who has more yards per carry in their career? Adrian Peterson or Emmett Smith? Gosh. Gotta go with Emmett Smith. Adrian Peterson has okay. more it's four point eight. Emmett Smith has four point two. How would I know that? I didn't well, watch. I, mean, Smith I didn't watch season, Emmett Smith like, play. Really True. Adrian Peterson's a beast. All right, we'll go. We'll go. To the last question to Alex. Who? Which team had the most penalties in a season ever? Do you actually? Ooh. I can give you the options, or uh, I can just uh, let you try to get it. I I would get. Wasn't. Uh, I'm gonna guess the Raiders. It was the. 1998 Chiefs had 158. The Raiders had 156 in 1994. You were very close, though. Ugh. Come on, Alex. Garbage. I think Man. Alex won the chopping block, though. So, congratulations, Alex. Woo! And none of us are surprised. Right, you are. <laughs> Alex is officially the most chopped. Yes, what I've strived my entire life for. All right. I think we're going to finish off this podcast with our overreactions for the week. Uh, Pep, I know have you have yours teed up, so why don't we start with you? Josh Allen, best quarterback in the league. Okay, that is a bold <laughs> statement since he has won one game and thrown for less than 200 yards in that game. But uh, I don't know, maybe it'll prove hey, it was against how many other quarterbacks have hurdled uh, Anthony yeah, it was Barr. against that lauded Vikings defense. Nobody gave him a chance. His back was up against the wall, and that was when he pulled out his best performance. Uh, at least you un- understood the segment this time, Pearson. It only took you three tries. Third time. Third, thank you. Third time's charm. <laughs> That's good stuff. All right. This is going to be your first time doing this screw, so... Hopefully you can do better than Reeb and Pep did their first time. Uh, so why don't you take a stab at your overreaction of the week? Jason Witten is the worst commentator of all time because he can't pronounce Juju Smith-Schuster's name. <laughs> that, that is true. That's kind of the key element to being a commentator is being able to speak uh, and Jason Witten kind of lacks that quality. So. <laughs> yeah, he's not great. It's like everybody thought, oh, we're going to bring in another Dallas Cowboy to commentate. He'll be great. Uh, he's not as good as Romo. Yeah, we're just going to have all Cowboys. and uh, Maybe it's not the best idea to just throw a guy's first time commentating onto you know primetime television. Yeah. I mean, I know it worked out with Romo. He's not even primetime, but he... Died. I just don't understand. We want Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why they have Booger McFarlane just like... In some weird setup on the field. Yeah, it's like what they tried to do with uh, what's uh, Tony Sirius, yeah. but he talks a lot more than him. <laughs> yeah, uh, Witten is relying on Booger McFarland, like you said in that earlier podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all right. Screw was not here for that, so I think that that was a pretty good one. <laughs> Uh, Hold on, I have to interject. One thing ESPN needs, they need a Jay Feely on the field. That <laughs> oh, that would make their... Absolutely, I mean, a kicking expert is crucial to any broadcast team. They needed him in week two. <laughs> yeah, he would have really broken down those <laughs> missed kicks. Uh, Reeb, why don't you give us your overreaction of the week? I think we have seen the best of Deshaun Watson. In his first year, I think it is. Oh, you're hurting my soul here. I Reed. think it is only downhill from here. I think it is close to just locking up the end of the season for the Texans at 0 and 3. Um, and yeah, I don't know if if Deshaun Watson is going to be the answer. No, I still I still believe he he has he has played. No, he hasn't played bad. He's. Certainly not been like he was last year. But it's not like 
RG three in his second season when he just that's was, true. He hasn't he hasn't dove off the cliff like RG three did. <laughs> but yes, yeah. I mean, it's hard to repeat what he did in this rookie season, but I I think he'll get. I think everybody everybody secretly like wanted him to, but everybody knew that he wasn't going to be be able to keep up that level of play. All right, my overreaction of the week. Uh, I don't really know how this kind of happened to me. I don't even know if it's a really an overreaction, but I this this is a guy that I've like haven't I've always liked him. I talked about him fondly on our earlier podcast, um, but I kind of thought he was going too high in fantasy. I've ne- I, he, I don't think I've ever had him on one of my fantasy teams, uh, but I've realized that the most complete receiver in the national football league is Adam Thielen. Really? And look, this was a game where the Vikings were awful. Their whole, nothing could get going on offense. And Adam Thielen still had 14 catches for 105 yards, despite the fact that nothing else was working for the Vikings. I mean, I know I love Stefan Diggs. He's always been my guy. I've always been like, he's the number one of the Vikings. But Stefan Diggs being number one on a lot of teams, he's not the number one receiver on the Vikings. Adam Thielen is. We now have, we said, you know, Case Keenum just likes, loves to throw to Adam Thielen. Well, guess what? Now Kirk Cousins loves to throw to Adam Thielen because he's the best receiver on the Vikings. And Sam Bradford, also his favorite receiver in week one of last year. I know it's a very small sample size, but he went to Adam Thielen more. Adam Thielen is the most underrated receiver in the National Football League, and I am calling him the most complete receiver in the National Football League. And that's my overreaction for the week. Are you going to try to trade for him in any fantasy leagues? Uh, maybe. Hopefully, uh, Jemp doesn't listen to this podcast. I'll try to trade for him in uh, our Dynasty League. Where, <laughs> where free agency is barren. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I got a quick question for you. Are you still alive in the uh, survival league with Alex and them? Um, that you, you... league ended week one before <laughs> week one was over. Uh, everybody decided to pick the Saints over the Bucks. One team even picked the Cardinals over the Redskins, and I picked the Ravens over Nathan Peterman and won that league. <laughs> you won it in one in one day. Yes. Yep. Um, (laughs) Speaking of fantasy real quick, I just want to say to any of our fans listening out there, I have a team in one league where I have Odell Beckham, T.Y. Hilton, Kareem Hunt, and Allen Robinson. I want to say stay optimistic if you have those guys. Hold on to them. Don't make any bold starts starting Keelan Cole over whoever. Just keep your guys. Hold on. It's week three. Things can get better. I do have a question and, uh, for It's probably a good thing that Alex and Pearson, you're here. Is it time to give up on Robbie Anderson? I don't think so. In this offense with uh, Sam Darnold. If, if you can handle having him on your bench for a while, if there's a waiver pickup that really, really makes sense, I say He got me point .2 points. I mean, he's not a start right now. He's not. Right. I, I I have dropped him in a couple leagues, like I I understand, but I'm I'm holding on to him in, in a few leagues just because I love Robbie Anderson. I want him to to get back on track, and I think he can if he starts getting more targets. How could you not love all those multiple arrests in the off season? Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, got got to have a fondness for those people. If you start him this week, God bless you. He's playing the Jaguars, <laughs> but. <laughs> I say if you have space for him on your bench, hold on to him. But like I said, there's a good waiver. If Bears defense makes it, you should probably just make that yep. call. I made the mistake I, of playing I, Robbie Anderson over Mike Williams, and that cost me the game against Alex. I did uh, change my uh, team name in one of our leagues to put in McCown. Because <laughs> Josh McCown will give Robbie Anderson the targets he needs. Or, or if they bring back Bryce Petty, sign him. He he loved Robbie Anderson. Did not love the win, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not many Jets quarterbacks do. True. So. All right. Well, I got some good news for fantasy people. Mike Evans has been on 
a little bit of a roll, so he has not let me down so far this year, which is a good news compared to previous years. So if you got him on your team. Hey, yeah, pretty much anyone on the Drew, Bucks what offense. What did you say about Mike Evans and his spirit? Um, I think he has great spirit. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. I, I agree. I also believe it's hard to be matched, especially when I'm cheering <laughs> him on on Twitter. I actually tweeted him this week. I'm like, hey, I need like 10 points, and I need you to not lose. And to not win so that the Steelers can win. Thanks. I'm sure NFL players he did, he did just that. love getting tweets like that. Yeah, they obviously they can't get enough hearing about their stats in fantasy <laughs> and how they did for your fantasy team. <laughs> that, that's the most important part of their job. They're rostered on my fantasy team. That's like Todd Gurley's job. That's why they paid him that much I, money. I am their boss. I own, own them as part of my fantasy team. Yeah, that's how they see it too. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> I've had to fire many uh, NFL players in my day, but <laughs> but anyway, I think uh, we had a successful podcast here. So for uh, screw the former janitor of profile jokes, Reeb the unpaid intern, uh, Pep the chep, and I'm your host Alex. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>